I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Wow, that was more high-pitched than I <laughs> Wow. I was saying, I'm just excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited about today. So I got very, that was, anyway, sorry, going to bring it back down again. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Have you, so you are in a, a heat wave right now, Mark, correct? Oh my gosh, yeah. Rec- record heat. We're in our, uh, you know, our the middle of our nine months of summer here in Florida. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. We're, we're now closer to the sun than mercury. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's Not a long commute. Well, yeah. today we had um, our like outside air quality index. Apparently here in North Carolina, we got some of the um, fires from oh. Canada, like the air from the, anyway. So it's, it's, it's a little like misty mountains, like overload because of how much smoke is in the air. So yeah, yeah I had, uh, we have family in Washington, D.C. this weekend, and it was red, condition red, but they were like, it was the only day they had to sightsee, so they, they went into town. So I was like, all right, you know, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> very nice knowing them. We'll miss them. We'll yeah. see them in purgatory. Okay. Um, I, but we got a very... What? Shit, what sorry. Is what is this, producer? Hi. Um, I actually had some real good experience well bad experience really with the heat wave um the ac in our office broke so it was like 80 in there for basically the whole week and it took me just sending pictures of it to a bunch of people and being like can you just send this to every pm so that they'll let us go home uh and they finally let us go home on tuesday ah nice well there you go it's rough out here in these streets yeah sorry (laughs) the florida streets i was like holly did we do something wrong? are we restarting and producer pops in you're like are we redoing what do we do what do we do wrong so all right well good i'm glad you're not melting so no no it's good okay we got breaking news because i really want to get to the next segment so breaking news Okay, so Harvard astrophysicists' words search for UFO crash debris and make unique discovery. So oh. there apparently, apparently, there was a $1.5 million expedition to determine if a meteor that crashed into the southwestern Pacific Ocean in 2014 was actually a UFO. And um, the team searching the floor um, for this, of course, about a hundred miles off the coast of Papua New Guinea, um, apparently was hurtling through space at 130,000 miles per hour, um, made contact and they discovered small metallic wires in it. And, um, they're not from human alloys. So saying we're so close to this UFO thing. It's I, so it was definitely so, interesting. Yeah, I, I read that they were, it's like materials that we're familiar with, but they were mixed in a different way. And they still, you know, it's still not positive that this is anything of alien nature, but it is still pretty cool. So no, it's, it's aliens. It's aliens. Um, it's aliens. All right. And before we get to the exciting thing, I have to throw our paranormality magazine. Yeah. Ghost hunters uncover eerie voices and unexplained phenomena at Salisbury's Rifle Museum. 
Interesting. So anyway, apparently um, they, they're they hearing a ton of voices. The caretaker was um, very skeptical when he started about the paranormal, but apparently there's so many in their whispers. So mm-hmm. we, we may have to throw that on one of our tours, but of course you can check it out at Paranormality Magazine. The link is below and if you go in and you sign up with our tag travels, you will get 10% off. But I want to make this go faster because I'm super excited about our guest today, Mark. Yes. Talk about our guest. Yes, uh, we are honored today to have uh, a, a living legend. And I don't say that lightly. This is uh, probably one of my uh, favorite people. He uh, was uh, one of the responsible parties for our great, late, great Hellview Cemetery back in the day. We took a, a, a haunt design class from him. It took us from a yard haunt to a full walkthrough. And uh, I am happy and thrilled and privileged to have with us today the great Leonard Pickle. Woohoo! Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh, if, if Mark didn't talk so like ridiculously about you Leonard you have no idea when we when we started this podcast one of the first things out of his mouth was we got to get Leonard on the and I'm like cool who are you talking about he's not the first he's not the first monster I've created that's for sure yeah no (laughs) the world is populated with them no just kidding so Leonard do you mind telling the audience a little bit about your background uh, I scare people for a living. I'm, awesome. I'm, a house, I'm a haunted house designer. My background is architectural. I have an architectural degree from Texas A&M University. And as I graduated, I uh, started um, volunteering with the March of Dimes haunted house that was in Dallas. And we helped them, um, you know, take that into, it was, it was the, already the biggest show in, in Dallas and at the time. And we were able to, to dramatically increase that. And I went off and, and did my own haunted house after that. And, you know, I built the entire thing on credit cards and pocket change. And when everything was said and done, I was like $20,000 in debt, which I thought was a huge failure, not realizing that a haunted house is a business just like any other. And it's a three to five year payout. And you're not a get rich quick scheme. And, and um, you know, so I, um, and I had so many people coming to me wanting me to design haunted houses for them. I had already designed you know, not just for the, the Dallas March of Dimes, but for Fort Worth and Plano, all, all the cities in the area. And I started getting you new know, approach for the Lisla parks that were looking for somebody to design their haunted houses. So I, I did uh, several Six Flags parks and ended up doing some stuff at uh, one year at Universal. We designed and built two haunted houses for Universal Florida. Um, built haunted houses at the at the Playboy Mansion and did stuff at... at uh, um madison square garden when they did their their halloween event their first year you know so i i mean i just i created a a business out of you know out of scaring people and and the 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 psychology and the the you know the concept of capacity so how you can get you know people through the attraction so you can make money while still making it scary and i've just really kind of you know niched myself into doing that and, and into helping people get started the majority of my clients are people that are that you know love Halloween, they would they would love to do a Halloween event. Maybe they're great marketers, uh, maybe there's great they're great great haunters, but they need you know code compliance and they need you know where to spend money, where not to spend money, you know, and and help point them in the right direction. And and I've been doing that for you know, well over forty years now. So 
there's, there's no reason to change at this point. I'm just going to keep doing it. Well, that's were you always a lover of haunted houses? You know, I went to one in high school. I remember when my first one I went to was in high school. It was a JC's haunt, and it was an actual, actually in an old two-story house. I don't know if it was a Victorian mansion or not, but it was a two-story house. And and I can I remember two things about it. You know, one, um, it was it only had one staircase in it, so they had a they had hung sheets up the up the staircase, so they had an upside and a downside. You know, and that's really one of the problems with with doing a haunted house in like a residential building or a hotel. You know, like a motel or something like that, is that all of the rooms are one door in and the same door out. You can't have a flow of path of people going through the pathway um, in that kind of a structure. Uh, and so, and they were, you know, by code, you have to, you can't have a two story building that has a haunted house in it that only has one staircase. It has to have a second staircase regardless of whether you're using that one of them for up and down. So that would never be allowed today. Uh, but I remember that. And I re also remember going into this into this bathroom and there were some mannequin parts tossed in a tub with red red paint splattered on them you know and i was just thinking i this isn't scary you haven't done anything in here to, to scare me at all and then uh a year or two after that there was a there was a radio station in dallas that did did a haunted house it was it was k news k and us did a haunted house and i'd love to find out who designed that because it was very modern even for today's standard it was a style that today we would call a pitch black you know, you're wandering through this haunted house. You can't see your hand in front of your face. It's so dark. You're feeling your way through. And then every, every once in a while, you know, a strobe light would come on and an actor would do something like rushing bars or, or sitting up in a coffin or doing something. And then the strobe light would go off. And then now you're still in the dark, feeling your way around, trying to make sure that you're not, you know, groping the monsters accidentally. And it was really effective. In fact, the, the people that I went with, I went with some friends, um, you know, and we, were, we kept having to pick the girls up off the floor because they would just crumble every time the strobe light came on. And, and I can remember going down a hallway and hearing somebody say, um, watch out for snakes. And then about the same time, somebody grabbed my ankle. Oh. And I don't, think I, I don't think I touched the floor again until I was in the parking lot. I, I'm not sure how I got out <laughs> of the building, but I'm pretty sure that nothing touched the floor. I mean, and, and it all came back to me, you know, being a, a young child, um, you know, racing the darkness from, from the light switch to the bed, you know, and always jumping those last few feet to make sure that the monster that was underneath couldn't grab you as you, as you were trying to get in. All of that stuff came rushing Absolutely. back to me. It was really was a cool experience, but I went to college, you know, planning on being a famous architect, you know, and, and ended up um, actually doing some haunted houses in, in college before I volunteered with the March of Dimes. And so I, I became a famous architect. Um, maybe it's what I do is architecture instead of architecture, but, um, but I still use my degree. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, doing draft, drafting and, and designs and details and, and creating stuff. And, you know, and in reality, a, a haunted house, you know, what's cool about structures is how they affect people as they're going through. You know, and, and other than, you know, perhaps a Gothic cathedral or some you know, large church, you know, you don't really, uh, a haunted house has more effect on the people going through than really any other form of architecture. You know, and, and you know, maybe somebody would say that's not really architecture, maybe it's interior finish, but, but it's still, you're, you're, you're manipulating spaces, you know, to get reactions out of people. 
which you know is what architecture is all about. It's, it's about creating the space within the walls. It's not you use walls, but but those are used to envelop to you know to encase the 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 activity that's going on in that space. Um, so so I, I'm still using my degree, even though you know you know my 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 four, my poor father passed away thinking that that haunting was a phase that I was going to grow out of someday. <laughs> Obviously, that's not going to happen. But, uh, um, you know, so it, it, it's interesting. It, it's, um, you know, and I come at it from a little bit different perspective. You know, a lot of people start off with a home haunt, you know, and that takes over the front yard. Sometimes it takes over the garage. Sometimes it takes over the backyard, you know, and it, it keeps getting bigger. And, and they, uh, you know, eventually, you know, either their, their spouse or the, the city says, you know, this is not happening at this house any, again. And you have to, and that, that guy's got to either go pro, that person's either got to go pro or he's got to stop cold turkey. And, you know, that's, you know, a lot of them go pro. A lot of them in a, end up, you know, finding a building and, and throwing all their money at it, just like I did, and, and, and trying to make a go of it. And you know, some, some of them are successful um, and some of them aren't. And, and that's what one of the things that I do is I, you know, as a consultant, I'm trying to help people not make the same, same mistakes that I made when I was, you know, uh, building and owning haunted houses, you know, and, and I made every one of them twice because I knew the first time it wasn't a mistake, even though it didn't work. So I tweaked it a little bit and then I did it again, you know, and after about the third time, it's like, well, maybe that's not, not really a good idea. Maybe I should try something different. But um, so that's really what I, what I sell. And, you know, when people call me up and they want to do a haunted house, you know, some, sometimes I kind of feel like my, my job is to talk them out of doing it at all because, you know, it's not an easy way to make a living. It's a fun way, you know, to, it's a fun activity. It, it, it certainly is a creative outlay uh, and people that do it, love it, be, do it because they love it. Um, but, you know, some of them, a lot of them, if they really put a pencil to it with the, the amount of time that they put into it, you know, and the amount of money that they're getting out of it, they really be, might be better off at McDonald's. But, um, but it, again, you know, people love doing it and, and, and haunting is very much a disease that, you know, when you catch it, you've got it and it's well, terminal. It's terminal. There isn't, there is no cure. There, are there is no cure. Yeah. My name is Erica Lance and I'm a haunter. I could see that. It's like an AA yep. meeting, but like, very you know, haunters anonymous meeting. And Leonard just exactly described what happened to help you. We were a home haunt. We kept getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and the city finally said no. So, um, and at that point I became a, a writer. You know, and that's that's one of the problems. The two hardest things to find when you're trying to do a haunted house is location and funding. And as hard as funding is to find, location is even harder. You know, you're always looking for that really cool, creepy building that the kids are breaking into to scare themselves anyway. Um, and uh, you know, when you put a haunted house in one of those, that's a gold mine. That that's the one that everybody shows up to because they dying to see what's in the building anyway. Uh, and then and now to be able to go through a haunted house and something that they think might actually be haunted uh, really brings out the crowd. Um, but those are few and far between, you know, luckily, you know, people are creative and, and with the, the scenic, the level of scenic that people do in their haunted houses today, uh, you can take any building and make it, make it look like a, you know, an old asylum or Gothic cathedral or whatever, whatever you're looking for it to be. Um, when we, when I, when I was working with the March of Dimes, we, um, the, the, it was really hard to find a building in Dallas. They were really having trouble finding a building. And then um, the, um, I think it was the San Antonio JCs came up with the concept 
of putting a haunted house in a pole tent. So the March of Dimes rented a tent one year, set it up, and then we built the haunted house inside the tent uh, and literally just lifted up the tent flap and sent people in, you know, and then, and, you know, we would know it just looked like a circus tent, even though it wasn't a circus theme or anything, but it was yellow and white, I think, striped, you know, and, and, and that, that bothered me. So the, the very next year I built a facade to put in front of the tent so that it would at least look like a haunted house of people that were driving by. So they knew what it kind of what it was. And uh, yeah, my, my facades are, are almost famous now. There's, there's a lot, every once in a while I'll go to some haunt that I've never been to before and never heard of before. And I look there and there's one of my facades, one of the facades that I designed and built for somebody else. It's changed hands two or three times and, and there it is. It's, it's like, it's kind of cool to, to see that kind of stuff. So Leonard, I have a question. Do you still get scared going into haunted houses? Because when you know how the, the, how things are made sometimes it's a, I think a little more difficult to oh, yeah. get scared because you know how it works, but do you ever walk into a haunt and, and get you scared? Know, there you can you can startle me um but you're not going to see it i'm not going to you're not going to see me jump um and i've really and typically when that happens it's when i'm looking under something trying to figure out how they did something without and then not <laughs> noticing that an actor is standing there you know so and one of the things that i i do in my designs if you can make people feel like they're doing something they're not supposed to that they're hugely vulnerable to a, to a good scare so um so you can you can surprise me and, and get I'll get a little adrenaline rush, but it's pretty rare. Um, you know I can usually see you know, what's coming a mile away. In fact, I'm one of the things I like to do is is find you know get in line behind you know a, a group of you know a group of girls or a group of couples that are going through, um, so I can see their reaction. You know if you just send me through a haunted house by myself, I go to a lot of haunted houses by myself. Um, and if you just send me through by myself, the actors will miss me. They think I'm staff, but you know, they have no idea what's going on. So, so following a group through is always, is always good for me. So I can see what their reactions are because, you know, something may scare them that would, that wouldn't even come close to scare me. So, and that's what I'm there for is studying. And one of the, I've, that's one of the things that I've always, that I've always um, tried to do is, you know, once you know, I'm, I'm the designer, so I, I build it, set it up, design it, set it up you know, open it, get it going, get it running like it's supposed to. But then I'm kind of done. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I have acted in haunted houses before, um, but it's not really my calling or something that I just love to do. So I'll go see haunted houses and, and, and in, a, in a typical year, I'll see somewhere between 100 and 200 haunted houses. And I travel the countryside, you know, if I hear about a really cool haunted house, I'm going to go see it. So um so I get, uh, get to get to travel the countryside in October and all my clients are open and operational. So I just travel the countryside seeing haunted houses, which is a horrible, horrible way to make a living. I don't know. Oh, terrible. Hashtag dream job. Oh, yeah. I, well, I was going to say, I, I, you know what I, you know, me and Mark are both authors, but what, and he was a previous haunter. Is that I was a haunter for a long time. Yeah. I just don't know if that's the I, right I, word. I was I'm a recovering haunter. I'm a recovering haunter. But one of not the recovering things, very well. No, no, no not I, at all. He's, I mean, this is know. half the boxes for the move are still haunt supplies that I'm like, you know, we may need that. The missus Someday. is like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Can't throw it away yet. I no. know Carrie's sitting there going, we do not need the talking skeleton head. That's and Mark's like, it. but we do. We that do. You know, there's, um, this, there's, there's this date called Halloween that people love that stuff. 
Yeah, I still set. Yeah, we still set up for Halloween. People still show up wanting to know what happened to the haunted house, and I have to sure. give them the bad news. You know, but uh, you know, it's it's the way it is. But one of my favorite things that you I always. Oh, a... we have a question first. Sorry. Okay, it's fine. But it seems to me, sorry, Mark, let me just ask this, get you guys started. I feel like I could just sit back and not do anything. <laughs> um, is it seems to me much like writing or sometimes acting, some of these kind of professions, haunting would be one of those passion jobs that it, it brings you happiness, it sparks joy, but never go into it thinking you're going to be a millionaire. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the old, you know, how to make a million dollars in the haunted house industry, you start with two. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it is very much a, a, a love of, you know, getting reactions out of people, you know, it, and when you scare people and when an actor scares a patron going through the, the patron gets a huge adrenaline rush, but so does the actor. Well, so yeah. it, it's a very symbiotic relationship between the person that's doing the scaring and the person that's getting scared. And, and people are funny. And when you scare them, it's, it's almost like that, you know, the old cartoon where their, their legs get all wobbly and a wiggly, you know, um, that they literally lose their knees sometimes when you really scare somebody well. No, totally. I unfortunately have a, I have the react. I'm one of those people that if you come at me, I end up punching you. I stay out of haunted houses for that reason. Yeah, because... That's why I asked you to stay out of well, No, I know. I, I, I've but, discovered this about myself but, and I'm like, let's, let's not punch the performers. I don't know why. It's a weird thing. I know I'm in a haunt. I've done haunted houses before. Like I've been... And, and yet I still act like an idiot. Okay, Mark, ask your question. Sorry. Well, what I was just going to say, one of the things Leonard taught us was, uh, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, they, 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 you've got to stop the actor from the person. You've got to break, you know, there's got to be a reason the monster can't get you. And that was one of the things we kept in throughout Hellview. There would always be, even if it was just a little chair or a little, you know, just something like a, you know, just a small barrier, even, you know, it's obvious the guy could step over if he wanted to, but it was just one of those things. And I love that. And we kept that forever. Uh, and that's to keep, and it also keeps a distance from people like you. Right. <laughs> from, from right. The last person I punched jumped off of a 3D wall, like they were a white fuzzy thing on a white fuzzy, you know, one of those kind of blacklit walls. And he tore himself off and he was less than like five inches in front of me yeah. and it was so quick and i swung and then i apologized and then i just i closed my eyes and the person i was with i'm like just walk me out of here just like hold my <laughs> hand walk me out of here and then i was like we can't i can't do this again because that was my reaction like you come at me i'm anyway i was not proud of it <laughs> and, and a prop, in my opinion the properly designed haunted house the actor never needs to get that close and in fact right. you really should stay arms reach away away from the patrons because because it's fight or flight i mean when you really get down to that you know to that lizard brain and make it jump because it's it's, it's defending itself so it it uh, uh i was i was following my 80 year old grandmother through a haunted house that i had done one time and an actor jumped out and scared her and she punched him while i was standing there it's just like why did you do that this is like he scared me that's his job so it's 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 more common than you would than you would think. And, well, and I love that your anything. grandma did it. I'm with Leonard's grandma. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's no, all right. All good, Erica. All good. No, what was uh, your question? Mark? Hmm? What was your question? 
my my next question was the other thing we well the other thing we always followed from you was storyline was it was always we wanted everything had to make sense why you were moving right. through the house in this way while you were moving from room to room because that was one of the things i noticed i'd go through certain haunts and it'd be like all right first room is chucky next room is uh you know is another licensed character and the next right. room is uh you know something crazy and we did that a few times but we had reasons for it and we would have you know it'd be storyline reasons for it but right. uh never did the licensed character thing because it was yet another thing so how do you feel about what is how important is storyline to a haunt Oh, I, to me, a haunted house is a, is a horror movie that you walk from scene to scene. So it has to have a storyline. It has to have it. Ha you have to have a reason for the for their what you know what evil is in this building. You know what what minions has it created? You know what what is the reason that the people are going into this you know creepy space that we know that there's you know something's wrong. Something's not something's not right. Why are we going in if we know there's something not right? I try to put all that into a storyboard storyline when we come up with the, the concept for the monster and it keeps you from having, you know, a clown and a Frankenstein and an alien monster, you know, in the same haunted house, which, which makes no sense. I mean, what you're trying to do is to get people to suspend their disbelief. And the best way to do that is to make them feel like they're in a real experience. You know, that's where high detail, you know, going through a haunted house, that has incredible level layers of detail. It, it makes it easier to scare people. And, and you definitely are entertaining them, even if they're not frightened, they're entertained by all the set dressing and stuff. So you, um, it, it makes it easier to scare people. It, it makes them easy. It makes it easier for them to suspend their disbelief and realize that, that their, you know, their lizard brain doesn't realize that they just bought a ticket to go into this thing to get scared. Uh, and it, it, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll get to that fight or flight where they're, where they're swinging. Uh, when you pop out and scare them or they take off running, which is just as bad because they're liable to run into a wall or, or somebody and, and, and get hurt. So, but it happens. No, it makes sense. Okay. We have to take a quick break and we will be right back with Erie Travels. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. We're back. 
I have some very, I have some questions. You guys have much more um, haunting experience than I do. I feel like I keep using the words that are right, but they don't sound right oh. when I'm saying them. But yeah. here we go. Um, my first question is, um, Leonard, is there anything that you feel tops the list for scary things for haunted houses that usually are always like a winner if you put them in there? Well, you, as far as scares go, you know, you would you would say you'd say the chainsaw, but which has been a classic for longer than I've been doing haunted houses, which is a long time. But and it it has actually lost some of its effectiveness. Um, I think it's been overused as well. But um, you know, to me, it's a, it's it's the startle scare. It's it's doing something that they're not expecting. It's showing them something that they think is going to scare them, and then scare them from another direction. You know, and, and one of the things that uh, many years ago I, I came up with this, or several years ago I came up with this epiphany. I thought where I boiled haunted house design down into how do I shorten my sight line? How do I shorten the sight line as you're walking through the house so you can't see what's ahead of you, um, so that you can't see what's happening to the group ahead? Of you. you can put the groups closer together if the if there's sight line is really short, so that you can put more people through. And and how do you hide the monsters? So, you know, from because I'm my background is architectural and in you know form ever follows function, you you design the the space uh, to work first and then you put the walls around it. So in a haunted house, you design, you figure out what the scare is gonna be in the room. What is the actor gonna do in this room to scare people? And then you design, you literally build the room with set dressing and walls and windows and drop panels and whatever you're gonna do in that room to facilitate the scare you know and even some of the the elite haunted houses in the country that i go through i'll walk into this room and it's it's gorgeous it's a giant cave or it's a, you know it's a frankenstein's laboratory with jacob's ladders and jars and stuff everywhere and and, and you walk in there there's an actor and they're in a great costume and great makeup unbelievable but if you walk in and they're standing there it makes it really difficult for them to scare anybody. I mean, they, they, it, it makes it really hard on the actor to be able to scare anybody. But, you know, you put somebody on a drop panel or even a curtain, you know, and I'll have them suddenly appear in the room. And that's way more effective than, than anything the guys can do when he's just standing there. No, that makes sense. What about gore versus scare? Because they do this in movies too, right? Where they... Um, get there's the jump scares but and I feel like a lot of the best haunted houses I've been in are more that like a great scene but startling me right, right. it's well obviously not Great. anymore because I hit people whatever but um <laughs> but versus walking in and seeing something just gross because that's a different that's a different emotion right is getting grossed out or sickened or whatever we want to call it by something that can still be scary but am i correct in that or am i wrong i mean well, i could I could be wrong stephen king says that that the gross out is the easiest form of the, the easiest way to scare somebody is with something that's disgusting um and he only he only dips into that when he has to he, he would rather do some psychological fears you know some startle scares some things like that rather than dipping in into the gore and it's interesting through, through my history of doing haunted houses, you know, there were years and says everybody was all about the blood. Got to have more blood, more blood, more 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 guts and gore. 
you know, and then there were years that everybody says, no, 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 we got to, you know, like, we got to push away from this. We don't, we don't want that. You know, so everything seems to be cyclical. You know, one of the latest cycle is, is the uh, haunted houses where the, where the actors are allowed to touch people going through the haunt, you know, and the problem with that is I've been this, I've been to many of those and, and the actors don't know why they're touching people. They, they know they're allowed to and they do, but they don't really know why they're touching them. No, that makes sense. Um, because I, like I've seen, and it's interesting because, you know, I've seen exactly what you're talking about, where you walk in and the, the person's already there and you're like, okay, well, you're going to have to do something really fantastic. Or I've seen this now, right? Um, right. Sometimes they become the misdirection with another actor that does the scare, but then it takes two actors to work the room, which is, you know, an employee issue. So you know, mo most haunted houses run on a on fewer fewer actors than they would really like to have just because and especially now with the employment so bad that it's it's really hard to find people to i mean luckily you know scare people is fun so and there are a lot of haunted houses that work on on volunteer labor they all volunteer actors if you can do that that's great but you really need to need to be a nonprofit if you're doing that um because you can get you can't get bitten i've had had people call me and say the labor the labor board is coming down on them because they had a volunteer haunt uh everybody was a volunteer but they fed them or they gave them t-shirts for you know showing up on so many nights you know and and the government you know has labeled that as payment and if you start paying them you got to pay a minimum wage so um so it becomes an issue um you know in my opinion you know are you a business or are you a hobby and if you're a business and you really need to pay your employees, because that's really what they are, it's important. Well, even, in, even in the case of a nonprofit, I have so many people call me up and say, you know, and I try to explain to them how they're, what do they need to do to make money in the haunted house? It's like, oh, we don't need to make money. We're a nonprofit. It's like, uh, uh, that's not what nonprofit means. No. Non, you're, you're, you're still supposed to be making a profit. It just doesn't go into somebody's pocket. It goes towards a cause. But, you know, in, in the JCs were notorious for that. The forward JCs, oh my gosh, were so notorious about, you know, really throwing a party and calling it a haunted house, you know, where there was more drinking and, and, and carousing going on than there was scaring anybody, you know, and it was because they didn't, it didn't matter. You know, if, if you, if a nonprofit would, would, you know, take the, the position that this has, this haunted house has to be profitable or don't do it, you know, you, it would be, they would make more money for the charity, you know, than if you approach it with, we can't, we can't afford to spend any money because we're a nonprofit. Well, if you don't spend money, if you don't advertise it, you know, it doesn't matter how cool your haunted house is. If nobody knows about it, nobody's coming. So you, you have to spend money to make it work. And, uh, and you have to spend money in advertising. I mean, you, I've, I've been to haunted houses that were really horrible, terrible product, terrible shows that made money because they knew how to, they knew how to market. Um, you know, it, so you're better off, you know, throwing money at marketing than, the, than you are at a bunch of, you know, big giant props, animatronics or something, because, you know, the, the, that's going to drive more money. It's going to drive more people in than, than some kind of than buying a prop is going to. So somebody, you know, gets, get, inherits, uh, you know, a big place or something like that and says, oh man, I want to build a haunted house. Uh, I'm going to call Leonard Pickle and have him help me design the house. Uh, it's August. I'm sure we can be open by October. 
you know, uh, how how much time realistically do we do they need to you know to call you? Well, it depends on what they're doing, but um, you know, you can a five man crew can build a four thousand square foot on in, in thirty days. Yeah. You know, so as long as you're thirty or forty days out from your opening date, um, you can start. But yeah, you got to have funding. You got to have the money to do it because you're you're not going to be. I mean, you can do it. You can build it with a couple of guys volunteer all if you do it for a year before you open, you know. But if you're on a short time frame, you got to you're gonna have to to staff up and and, and get stuff moving, um, and the location. You know, if if you don't have a really if you don't have a location by May or April at the latest, you're really looking at next year. Is it like I said, a location is the hardest thing to find, um, you know, and, and stuff like social media and all that kind of stuff takes time for you to get a following. So you really, the first thing you do when you decide you want to do a haunted house is, is get a Facebook page, you get an Instagram page, you know, start a YouTube channel, you know, to, to start promoting and to drive people and, and, you know, make them part of the process, you know, make, you know, ask people, you know, what scares you? What, what would you like to see in a haunted house that you've never seen before? And kind of give the people that are, you know, that are, that are your followers, you know, some ownership in what you're doing, you know, and, and they'll, they'll be your best, your biggest supporters, your biggest fans, and they'll drive people to your, to your home. Okay. I have a question. That, that about... takes time to work. You got to have time to do that. So, you know, almost a year out is, is not early enough to start. Um, haunted, haunted houses. So when people choose to do them in um, maybe abandoned asylum or an old hospital or some of the you know even some of the you know spooky houses where things have happened like there are myriad old haunted barns have you had experiences creating hauntings in haunted locations uh yes i have yes i have there was i can't even remember where a city was it was in new york state somewhere and it was an old um it was an old house that had been um a lot of different things, but it, one of them was a uh, um, a retirement home for widows of Civil War um, mm. veterans, and they everybody everybody in the place swore it was haunted. They just swore it was haunted, and I never really saw anything except every time I walked by, there was a there was a staircase that you'd go down. And you had to go through a door to go to the basement, and every time I went by that door, that door closed on me, and you know, so it didn't take much for me to look around and, and realize that the re when you opened the door, the floor had swelled up. So you opened the door and the floor was actually holding the door open. So as you walked by and stepped on it, it would close because you, you've now you had a closer on it. It would close by itself. And um, so we're, um, we're building this haunt and, and some reporter shows up. And, and I'm walking her around, showing her stuff and the deal. And as we're walking down that staircase, you know, she says something about, have I seen any, you know, things that, you know, paranormal happening? And I said, I said, yeah, every once in a while, the door will just close on me. And about that time, I timed it perfectly so that I <laughs> stepped in that spot and that door closed and she went outside. She did not go in the basement. She went out <laughs> the door and would not come back in. You know, yes. so it's I've, I've always wanted to design a haunted bed and breakfast to where there were things that happened, you know, just out of the corner of your eye 
you know, and I'm going to be the caretaker and say, I don't believe in ghosts. There's no such thing as ghosts while there's a ghost, you know, flying by my head behind me. And then people are going, look, 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 look. It's like, I, I it's, people are so easy to, to, to point in that direction that I just think it would be a riot. Oh, that makes sense. What about your your own experiences? Have you been in a, a haunted house that's not a created haunted house? I have several. And um, have you had an experience or? Nope. My wife did. Ooh. She, we were at a, we were on our way to, to a convention and, you know, we were, we got in late, went to sleep, got up the next morning. I was trying to get going so we could get there on time. And she was just being grumpy. You know, and I said, what is wrong with you? And he says, and, and she just blurts out, I saw a ghost last night. In fact, I saw two of them. And it's just like, what? You know, so she says she woke up in the night, sat up in bed. There was a ghost that walked over to the bed, sat down in the chair by the desk where there was another ghost standing beside him, beside her. And she was trying to give her a tiara, like a, like a, like a, you know, jeweled, you know, hair braid, um, um, braid or something yeah and, and it was just like and you didn't wake me up <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what were you thinking and she's like turned on the light and they were gone it's like okay wow. whatever so we got to get going and so as i'm leaving i'm going to get something to drink in the, in the at the you know the little breakfast nook and there's a woman there you know what works there she's filling ice or something and i said has anyone ever seen a ghost in this hotel and she looked at me and she said, what did they look like? Uh, and I said, they, I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't say, yeah. you know, and, as, and so I'm leaving and I'm walking by the, the registration and my wife has just checked out and she's in the, in the car. And as I'm walking by, she's obviously said something to him because the woman behind the counter is saying, you got to go talk to this woman. She thinks she saw a ghost in here last night. You got to go talk to her. And it's just like, uh, this this is really weird. <laughs> really, really weird. Well, you know, it's 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 funny because you know Mark has Carrie and Carrie is uh, ghost is, kryptonite. Yeah, yeah she's gross kryptonite around her. So, and, so uh, yeah, it's just that's the way it is. I think you know it's just that's just the nature of the beast. Now, uh, now for illusions, one of my favorites that you did uh, that you taught us was the 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 teleport which is where we put the mirror at the end of the hall and then you know the other the, the, and it, you see the guy standing at the end of the hall where the mirror is but he's actually right. right beside you so when you turn around the corner you see the guy down there he looks like he's ready and you're like oh okay he's gonna scare me down there and right. then he steps out right next to you that was one of our knockdown gets every time and uh so we had to thank you for that uh right. that was one of Helby's best best scares ever and, and i'm sure i stole that from somebody it may maybe I, I know that i've seen that at uh at universal studios before I, I think maybe that's where i picked it up the first time was that it was in a, a, a gag universal studios does that gag every once in a while so it's, so. A, it's a classic so and then we did the bottomless pit uh as well with mirrors where we built two stories up which in florida for an outdoor haunt nobody right. does that but we did it we you know and uh we built uh and then we did burlap down the side so it looked like a cave and then we put the mirrors on the ground. So, and then we put a little bridge and you walked across the bridge and you looked down and it looked like it went 20 feet down. Uh, uh, just a great effect. And, and yeah, we had stole, a lot of people afraid to go. Stole that from Ed Terebus. 
Thanks, Ed. Uh, you know, did some variations on it, and uh, he still uses it in his haunt. But, uh, but yeah, no, that that is that is a good one. Okay, so yeah, what are, are, what yeah. is your favorite? Yeah, what is my favorite illusion? Yeah. Um, well, and and again, and, and uh, Ed did Ed has done this one too. You're walking through this attic or something, and there are there are, there's pillars, two rows of pillars that you're walking between. And then there's rafters and stuff, and there's junk in the you know in the attic, and but and one of the places has a mirror, you know, coming out of the column. So as you're look, walking towards it, you're seeing the reflection of the junk that's on the side, and thinking that that it's behind the mirror. But as you when you get to that post and go past the post, the actor is right there, you know, coming right around the corner. That's that's a really good one. That's, that's a really solid. That's I said a the solid. Yep. What is what is um what has been your favorite like room to create? Like what what room have you created that you absolutely just enjoyed the heck out of? Um, well, we I do a, a thing called a, a mirror hallway, which we well, I do I do that several I've done that several different times, and it's you know it's it, you you physically you build a hallway that's got a lot of mirrors on it, gold gold ornate mirrors on it. And then you build the mirror image of that same hallway in the next hallway over. And then it, you cut a hole in the wall and put a picture frame around it. And then you put another picture frame, identical picture frame around it on the backside. Now, when you look at the hole as you're walking down towards it, it looks like you're looking at a mirror because you're seeing what should be a reflection you're even you're even seeing the two the two picture frames the mirror image of the picture frame it's an actual but it's an actual mirror and that's a whole and then having an actor come out of that is is pretty effective it's that's one of my you know it was, it was so funny when i was i did that for the first time we ever did that i did it with the march of dimes and in dallas and this other haunt that was in town tried to copy it they, they didn't understand it but they tried i went through their haunt and i could tell that they were trying to figure out how right. i did that and so they did it and then the next year you know i went again and they tried to do it again and still wasn't right and then the third year the newspaper came and did an article on the haunt you know and i showed them the floor plan i mean it was all about you know an architect doing doing haunted houses and i showed them the floor plan and they said oh do you mind if we put this in the article no go ahead so the so the following year they actually had a print, a, a plan for the mirror hallway, and they still couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I love it. I that love is it. awesome. Okay, what so you're been... making your your yearly trip. Where where are your must stops? <sighs> you know, um, there's there's several. You probably my favorite in the country is um, Nightmare on 13th in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's, a, it's an incredible show, really nice people, incredible show. And while you're there, you gotta see the terror, Factory of Terror, Terror Factory, something, whatever the factory one is there, I can't remember exactly what the name is. That, that's an incredible show. Very, very creative, very well done. Um, you know, um, uh, Eloise uh, Asylum in, uh, in Detroit is really an incredible show, uh, very nicely done. It, you know, it's in an actual asylum, but I, the entire time I'm going through it, I'm knocking on stuff because I can't tell where the real stuff stops and the, and the fake stuff begins. And they did that good of a job of 
of creating the, the, the spaces. Um, I could use some better scares, but, but, um, but it was really, really a beautiful job. Um, you know, and there's, there's, there's always the, the, the quintessential, you know, the, the elite haunts like um, 13th Gate, which is an incredible, incredible show in, in Baton Rouge, um, Netherworld in Atlanta, of course. Um, you know, there, I, you know, I'm sure if we're getting something to making somebody mad, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there are, there are a lot of haunted houses. And there's still some famous one that I haven't seen. I've never seen Overload. I've never seen Haunted Overload. Oh, wow. uh, I've always wanted to, but their window, they're, they're open. The time that they're open is so short that it really, and they sell out, you know, it's really, really difficult for me to, to plan far enough out to, to be, I, I typically, I just show up unannounced at a haunt, freak everybody out because they're, they're now running ahead of me saying, you got to scare this next guy because he's, he's famous. You know, and so, you know, I think I, that's, I, that, that sounds familiar. I think we may have done that at Hellview the night you came. I, <laughs> I don't understand that, but that's fine. It's flattering. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always get, sometimes I get the special tour when I go to a haunted house, but it's all right. Well, do you, what do you uh, think of these haunted houses that are doing the, um, I'm going to say this wrong, but like the intensity ones where they like lock you in for a period of time or something. You know what right. I'm talking about? There's a few of them that are doing this like psycho scare. You have to sign a disclaimer kind of thing. Yeah. And some of them. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah. They, they call there's a, there's a thing called an alone experience. And then there's a, the, the full contact, you know, the actors being able to touch you or, or in some cases pick you up and carry you out of the room and, yeah. You know, and give you a special experience. And the, the problem with those is capacity. You know, that kind of stuff can kill your capacity, you know, and you got to put people through these things fast. I mean, your window is so small, um, you know, you've got to be able to push 500, 700, 1,000 people an hour through a haunt on a really busy night. And if you can't do that, you can't make any money. And if you don't make any money, you don't get to play anymore. Um, but, you know, when I first started doing haunted houses, we literally had just graduated from spaghetti for brains and, and peeled grapes for eyeballs. I mean, that, that's where we were at when I started. And, you know, touching the people, touching the actors, touching the patrons was very common. I mean, very common. And, you know, nowadays, now that we've kind of cycled back, you know, to now that some of the haunts are touching people, although that's a that's a fading fad. It's going away, I think. Um, but. You know, and, and, and what's the difference between sticking your hand in, you know, a bunch of some spaghetti in a dark box being told it's brains or digging through a toilet, you know, to find a key to get out of the room that you're in. You know, the, really the only difference is the production value. You know, it's still really kind of this, the same thing. Uh, we were just getting real, we're just getting better at it. So it's, it's not really anything new. Um, you know, I knew that there, there are some haunted houses that have been touching people you know, since the seventies, when they first started doing it, they've been touching their patrons going through, um, you know, so it, it's, it, it kind of became a fad for a while. It's waning now. Um, and I think it'll probably go away. I, I don't, it's not necessary. You know, the perception is that a haunted house that can touch you might be scarier. It's really not, but, um, you know, especially if they don't really, again, if the actors don't know why they're touching people, you know, you're walking down a hall, a dark hallway, somebody grabs your ankle, you know, as per my experience, in the seventies, that was scary as hell, you know, but if you're just going to stand in front of me and, you know, take off my baseball cap or, you know, fiddle with my hair or, you know, make me sit down in a, in a 
in a in a dentist chair with a you know with a drill that I know you're not going to hurt me. So I don't you know maybe there's a percentage of people that 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 totally freaks out, but if it is, I don't think they go to haunted houses. So you know I I'm I'm all about startle scares, you know misdirection, illusions, you know um, it's all about entertainment and you know many many you know when when I, I for a while I had a partner whose you know motto was we don't want to scare you we want to mess you up for life. You know, and, and it, it was all about, you know, these really intense in your face, you know, you know, beat you into a fetal position, kind of scared. But but then I went to uh, Raven's Grin Inn in Mount Carroll, Illinois, which is like every cheesy, you know, home haunt, you know, low budget haunted house that you've ever been to all crammed into this little house with this one guy, you know, doing the performance art taking you through this thing, you know, in an hour, hour and a half, two hour long tour where you're realizing that you hadn't seen an exit sign in like two days, you know, going through this thing. And almost all of his stuff was sight gags. I mean, it, you know, you'd be walking down and, and there was a toilet lid on a wall. You'd lift it up and it'd have a you know, the, the punchline to a joke, you know, and so you're lifting these up and reading the jokes. And the third one you lift up and his face is there, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just like, you know, it, it was a startle, but then you're laughing, you know, and, and then you're coming into this dark room and I'm looking in, I'm looking through this window, this big glass pane of window and I'm looking and I said, is that a tank? It looks like a World War II tank and there are mannequins on it with Nazi, half naked mannequins with Nazi insignias on their, on their, on their sleeves. And then all of a sudden this big black thing goes, goes wham, right in your face. And you know, later I find out that that was a trash bag that he had just wadded up in his hand that he <laughs> that he slammed against that mirror when you're trying to figure out what the hell that was behind it and why it was even in the building and scared the crap. He's 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 scared more people. You know, Jim Carroll is is scared more people with a trash bag than, you know, I think some of the five thousand, ten thousand dollar animatronics can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that and it makes sense because again, what you said earlier, it's sort of like it's it's like doing humor. Timing is everything. You can say something that's albeit funny, but if you don't have the right delivery on the the joke, right? Like we've heard people retell jokes to us that when you go back and watch the comic skit, the comedian nailed the delivery and the facial expression or whatever that made that joke hysterical, right? I mean, Gallagher smashed watermelons, for God's sake. Like, that was his steal. And there was so much humor about that sort of thing. But if somebody's just smashing watermelons in front of us, we're like, whatever. But I think it's completely timing, delivery, and setting the um, person up so they, they're in primed, I guess you would say, for the scare, right? I've been, saying, I've been saying that for a long time, that, that scaring people is very much like telling them a joke. It's all in the setup and the timing of the punchline, which is the start. See, yeah, the setup. stuff just, just helps. I know. Yeah, you, the, what are your setting, oh, setting is music and set, and, you know, and detail and, you know, distressing and, you know, storyline, all, all that is the setup. And then the startle is the punchline. It's very, very similar. Very, And what's funny is I, there was, um, a, there was a, I was asked to do a, a class on a seminar on uh, uh, the psychology of fear. And so I, I'd written up this thing and I went to, to do my PowerPoint presentation. I, I went online and just started looking up, 
you know, did a search for people getting scared in a haunted house. And it, almost every picture that I found, there was one person just screaming their brains out and another person right beside them laughing their ass off, you know, so that e even in that situation, la you know, horror and humor are so closely connected. It's, it's not even funny. It, it, that makes perfect sense to me because it, like I saw something the other day where they took um, the scene from Harry Potter where she's making him write you know, I will not tell lies and it comes on his hand and right. there's ominous music in that scene that you don't even think about when you're watching it. Right. But they played like a porno kind of track behind it. And like, it, it's thing. like how music completely changes totally scenes. Changes. Right. And yep. I think, I think that's, I, it's kind of brilliant and it's brilliant to know that because like humor, people do not have enough appreciation for the subtlety of being able to create something like that and knowing how to do that delivery. Because we have been in haunted houses that even if they're fantastically pretty, pretty, whatever the right pretty. word is, yep. they're, they're not. They're not scary. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you know, and then we've also had, uh, now one of the other things you do is lighting. Scared. Yeah, lighting is so bad. You know, yeah, lighting is so important on some of these where, uh, and one yeah, of your lighting. things is always make sure that this, there is a, a reason for the light there, which right. was one of those things I loved because we did that. We went to old abandoned hotels as they were selling off all their stuff and bought all these weird random lamps and stuff like that. And we'd put in a green light bulb or a blue light bulb. And, and it totally changes the ambiance of every scene. And it was right. amazing. Yeah, I love to light with practicals, you know, with, with putting a bulb in it, even if it's a low voltage bulb, a three or LED or something. But put it in a real fixture you know it, it adds to that that uh, realism that allows people to suspend their disbelief yeah lighting is one of my pet peeves in a haunted house i am so sick and tired of going to a haunted house with a spotlight in my face you know and i understand that that is, gives you an opportunity for a scare because you can't see what what is around you and an actor could you know jump into that beam and scare you but i mean just go when you're just going through a room and there's a light you know, first off, it's some theatrical fixture, so it doesn't even fit the theme or, or the setting, you know, and then it's just shining in your face. It, it just doesn't, yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, the lighting is, lighting in the lawn industry could, could definitely use some help. And, you know, LED lighting has really helped us out because that you have little bitty lights that you can hide very easily. Um, but yeah, I mean, there needs to be a reason for the light. Uh, in fact, um, Eloise, the, the asylum, you know, the, the, at least the first half of the, the, the main show is lit with you know lightning strikes that are happening outside of windows. So it's just the flashes in through the through the windows that's lighting the scene, which, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, 13th, uh, 13th Gate in uh, uh, Baton Rouge did that one year with a, with a clown theme, which was really effective. You're looking at this scene and it looks fine. And then a lightning strikes and it shows this you know ominous cloud and this ominous clown, you know, hovering over this child that's in the room, which is just like, wow, really effective. Really was was frightening. Clowns scare the crap out of people. There are some staple things that absolutely scare the crap out of people. And clowns have got to be near the top of that list. You, you know, know when, I first, when, I first started, when I first started designing haunted houses, I thought, I need to look at the phobias. We need to look up, I need to find what all the phobias are so that I can put all of them in my haunted house. Man, there's, there's gotta be 3,000 different phobias. There's so many phobias 
and you look at the top ones is you know it's bugs it's fight it's falling speak you know speaking in front of people you know clowns is like 20th or 30th on the list it's not even close to number one but you know everybody feels like they got to have a clown in their home i'm not sure why but um you know and i think that's you know, when you put an actor, if you're at least in the style of haunted house that I do, where all the scares are pop out scares, they're all startle scares. You know, the whole idea is to pop out, scare the people in front of you, look to see who in the line was the last one to see you, go back in that hole and not come out again until that person passes so that they didn't see what you, what happened. You know, so now you're scaring a fresh group. And, you know, when we, we put the... Uh, always put the, the actors in costume at least partial costume if they're if it's seen if you can see it and a nice makeup job but the makeup and the costume is is as much if not more to get the the actor into character than it is to scare people you know if i'm busting through you know shutters and, and you know laughing maniacally you know in your ear you know, and then i'm gone again i'm gonna get a startle no matter what i'm wearing yeah. um so that it, it, it's more to get the to, to put that veil between you know the, the reality and the actor so that he can act goofy and do stuff that he would never do you know in street clothes and straight face you know but allow him to be allow him to have that 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 cloud between the two so that he can do something that he wouldn't normally do and you see that there, there's some people that are really quiet really meek you know, and then you put them in that in that costume and that makeup, and their personality changes completely. They refuse to break character. You know, it's it's you know it's it's so fun. You know, you're always looking for that group of you know, people that would do it for free because they love doing it so much. But then you pay them, you know, because it's hard to it's hard to fire a volunteer no matter what he does. So you have to if you at least if you pay him, you can fire. Him. <laughs> at least if you i love that i love that okay we need to wrap up unfortunately yeah. leonard it has been so amazing having you here thank you so much well, my pleasure i really enjoyed it let's do it again sometime right. absolutely so for those that would be interested in eliciting your services i said that in a very naughty way but if somebody wants to reach out to you how do they get a hold of you i'm cheap but i'm not free they, <laughs> Yeah, you can just go to my website, uh, entrepreneurs.com. Um, entrepreneurs at Gmail is a way to get a hold of me. You know, you can just you can really just Google Leonard Pickle. I, I show up like a rash on the internet. So um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and and typically we, I, you know, for the for somebody that I haven't really talked to in depth before, I'll give them a thirty minute or so, you know, free discussion where they can ask me questions, especially people that are that are thinking about doing something. Um, thinking about getting in the industry, you know, I can point them in the right direction or try to talk them out of it. Uh, people that are in the industry, you know, if they're having trouble to try to figure out you know, why they're making more money or why, why it's not you know, as, as, as fun as they thought it was going to be or, or how to make it more, you know, streamlined so that they can make some money. Um, I'm happy to talk to people about that kind of stuff, you know, it's at least at the beginning. And so we can, so I can, you know, feel them out to see if there's a, there's an opportunity there for me to, to do some really, you know, spend some time on it and, and, and dramatically change it or whether they just need, you know, some suggestions to point them in the right direction. You know, so if I can make that happen, you know, that's success in my book. That is awesome. 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 Well, you know, hunters beware. Leonard is probably going to swing by your haunt. So 
I hope I you're, you're on I, point. I pop up in the weirdest places. You say my name three times. I'm liable to leave right behind you. Hey, yo, and then uh, yeah, I bumped into you at Spookala. So you've been at uh, you know at haunt related uh, and horror related events a lot too. So and if you ever get a chance, do take one of his seminars. It is worth the price of admission. Well, worth the price of admission. So uh, thank, you. thank you so much for everything you did for us, Leonard. And thanks for coming on. And uh, Callie, you know, was traumatized growing up in a and a haunted attraction so you know but you know now they produce podcasts so ain't that the truth <laughs> ain't that the truth all right well well gang Thanks, thank guys. you all so much for joining us and travelers stay safe out there and we will see you on the other side